This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined once again by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? Feeling great today, Richard. We're trying something new. Let's see uh, how this audio sounds. We're tinkering with the audio, and it's got nothing to do with Chuck Teats. It's our own doing. We want to make this. We want to make it sound better, so we'll see. Maybe it's better, maybe it's worse. We'll find out in post, I'm sure, and we can edit it later on. I mean, I think the important thing for people to understand is that we hear you, when you say that our audio things could be a little bit better, uh, Richard and I are literally, I, I know it's on the nose. It's a hundred miles from each other as we record this. So mm-hmm. we're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can. We always, we always do. Now, last week we did the best we could on Spider-Man homecoming. There was one thing that we left out and Davey gave us a quick update on the YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked that out yet, it's uh, if you've seen the movie, go to youtube.com slash dork podcast. And there's one thing that we even mentioned in the episode, and we never fully got back to it. So you can uh, feel free to do that. Also, we have an update on Chuck Teets. And I know I kind of lost my mind a little bit. Chuck Teets, of course, the guy who left us the two-star review on iTunes. He had an update, and all of a sudden he was getting a lot of backlash from our, from our very loyal listeners, Ryan, which was great to see. People were out in droves all over Twitter on other iTunes reviews just just slamming Chuck Teets. Next thing you know, and it's it's one of those things, you know, so it's one of those things where it's just nice to feel supported. It does. by all of you listeners out there. It feels good. That was it was a really nice feeling. So something really beautiful came from something so ugly. Let let's be honest, that's what that two-star review was. But anyway, he removed the two-star review. I didn't even know you could do that. I thought once you posted something on iTunes, like that was just kind of it and you're kind of stuck there, but he removed the two-star review. I thought we were going to have like a real villain on our hands, like a, like a true villain. But turns out he is, um, he's given up. He's given up. And the, to use your word, bit of a coward. It's a bit of a coward. Actually, I, you know what? I think I have actual Chuck Teets audio, if you would like to hear it. Marcus found this on YouTube. Uh, this is a video entitled, Who is Chuck Teets? Hello, I'm Chuck Teets, realtor in Northern Virginia. Today I'd just like to tell you a little bit about myself. You've probably seen my other videos and you're wondering who is this guy? Well, born and raised in Pennsylvania, Uniontown, southwestern Pennsylvania. And I came here in 1973. Uh, Worked in the trades, ran trade service companies for many years. First licensed as a real estate agent back in 1976. Bought and sold a lot of properties between now and then. Didn't work it full time till about seven years ago. Uh, my wife and I are now partners, Chuck and Olga. I know construction in and out. So this will be used to your advantage. I know where to find the type of home that you're looking for. I know the age group. I can drive through Northern Virginia without a map. Jesus Christ. Seems like a bit of a, uh, like a bragger. Yeah. What do you, uh, think, what do you think of Chuck Teets? <laughs> Chuck and Olga? So I think it, we got 
you chuck it, Olga, and I think we we found a person who thinks his shit don't float, and that's exactly what we what we expected. We got a goddamn guy who is a real estate salesman in the Virginia area, and he can drive through the whole goddamn state without a map. And this guy is leaving, he's leaving two star reviews. How how dare he? Making anyway. outrageous claims like he's never lost a game of Monopoly. No, that's a different friend of ours. That's a different. That's friend a different of friend of ours. All right, are you ready to get on with uh, the this week in Dork? Let's do this. All right, Ryan, here's the deal. We had D23. It's basically like Disney Comic-Con, if you will. You probably saw some of the images. Maybe you read some of the articles. They had everybody from Star Wars there. They had everybody from the new Avengers movies all there, like all on stage. They, I, I don't really see the appeal to these things as much, I'll be honest, because, hey, there they all are. All right, I want to see the movie. And yeah. they saw the trailer. The people there saw the trailer and apparently lost their minds but it has not been leaked online, at least as of yet, as we're recording this right now. But apparently Infinity War is going to be the greatest movie, or at the very least, it has the greatest trailer of all time. And I, I read, so somebody tweeted out a link, and someone chronicled like everything that came up in the footage as it came up. Um, and it's, it's dumb. Like the, the stuff that they, they saw in this footage. Yeah. Uh, for instance, there was a shot of, Spider-Man and Star-Lord fighting together. There was a shot of Thanos holding Thor up by the head, like picking him up by the head. Oh, boy. So that's, yeah. And See, then there I, don't, was the, I don't like any of this, and I didn't read it, and I'm just looking at it like, we have waited so long for the Guardians of the Galaxy to interact with anybody from Earth, and now you're just going to get it, you're going to give it away in a trailer? No, I, no, I, I think this was... I don't think this was a trailer so much as they were just showing off like footage for like a, a closed audience. Oh, okay. Um, but like you said, everything I've read, everything I've read is just like, oh my god, like this is going to be dumb. Like, like you said, like this is just going to be the most insane, just chaos. set of movies ever. Just absolutely insane. So there's that to look forward to. Also, before that, there was a lot of Black Panther images released. We like those stills that they do in like Entertainment Magazine, where you see like every single character. I don't know if Black Panther has any thoughts on this. If he's excited about this. Oh, hang on. Let me get him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got to be down the Shala! hall. What's he doing? He taking a nap. A little cat nap, as it were. A Zing. Yeah, look at him. Hang on one second. All right. Hello, Richard. Yeah. Hi, uh, uh, T'Challa. Sorry about Hi. that. Um, you, I, we saw some of the images from the film. It looks um, it looks pretty exciting. What can you tell us about it? Well, at first, I was very upset that the images that came out. Why were you upset? Because, because those are our family Christmas cards. Oh, okay, like sort of like a spoiler. You guys really got out in front of it this year, huh? Yes. I was just upset that somebody went to my personal collection. Yeah, they look good. I mean, you, those guys were, those were pretty good shots, though. I don't know if they tell us anything about the movie. Are those have anything to do with the movie, or those are just for Christmas? Uh, it was for Christmas in Wakanda. We actually do Christmas in the summer. Oh, really? Is it is it July? Yes, it's like I have Christmas. Oh, you guys do half Christmas? Yes. That's got to get expensive. Because we don't, we don't want to do anything that the outside world does. So we do Christmas in July. Oh, so you don't do it in December? No. That's too bad. That's really the time to do it, I, if you ask me. Did you like the picture of me fighting in the water? Yeah, it's pretty good, I guess. I don't really think... Of, I want... Yeah. 
I want to know what you think of my pictures. I, I thought they were fine. I didn't think they really told me much. You guys are all dressed up. You look good, I guess. I like your I like your suit. The suit looks badass. Thank you. The Black Panther's one weakness is that he is very insecure about his body. Oh, really? I'm sorry. You shouldn't. Yes. You shouldn't be. You look like you look like you're in great shape. I just want you to say something nice to me. I think you're. I think you have a really nice personality. You're a nice person, and you've spent a lot of nice time on the podcast with us. And I think it's. I think it comes across. I think people are really going to want to see your picture. Well, that makes me feel better. Thank you. I didn't realize you needed so many compliments. What's it like working with some of the people in Civil War? I feel like they might kind of, maybe Iron Man might knock you down a peg or two. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with this anymore. <laughs> All right, we'll just move on. We'll just move on. That's fine. Thank I have you, no idea what to do with this anymore. Thank you, T'Challa. I, I could literally, I could literally yeah. do the whole episode like that if you wanted to sometimes. So we could, <laughs> when, when we have no topics, we'll, we'll have to do that. Um, yeah. The other thing was Game of Thrones came out this week, season seven. The uh, episode one was this past Sunday, and if you did watch it, full spoiler recap on the YouTube as well. So another uh, you plug for the YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/DorkPodcast. Davey and I did about like a twenty-minute little recap on the YouTube. Also, other news here, Davey. Bo- Bojack Horseman season four is coming out September eighth. I saw that, and I'm like, there's been four seasons of that show. Yeah, like it's been that long. Like every time, I, every time I put it on Netflix, that's in my like suggested for you. I think I've watched one episode of it, and it was funny enough. But I, four seasons of this show. Oh, Jesus I thought Christ. I thought you were a BoJack Horseman guy. Never mind. It's not bad. It's sneaky, depressing, but it's also kind of funny. So, <laughs> was he like a child actor as a horse? And like, no, he was basically like a, to... he was basically like a Mr. Cosby. So he wasn't a child actor. He was like he had a very popular show in like the eighties. And he was like a father, and oh, okay. like it was called right. it was called horsing around uh, with BoJack Horseman. <laughs> so yeah. he's he's like still living like off of that, and like he was in another movie recently. So it's it's good, but it's like a guy who's no longer as famous as he kind of thinks he should be. Yeah, uh, you're right. But it's good. Speaking of famous people, the Emmy nominations were out since our last episode, and nothing for the leftovers. Carrie Coon, who was I... better than anybody, better than anybody, Carrie Coon was in the leftovers. Didn't get nominated for that. She did get nominated for Fargo, where she was fine. She didn't do anything special. She was unbelievable in The Leftovers and got snubbed. Yeah, and you were very upset by this. I mean, an Emmy nom's an Emmy nom, but you you were... I, I have never heard you say a bad thing about Carrie Coon and The Leftovers. I love Carrie Coon. I am a Carrie Coon fan, and she didn't get uh, nominated. The show didn't get nominated. Justin Thoreau didn't get nominated, so that was that was a real shit job. Uh, this week in the yeah, real snub job. it was a snub job. This week, Davy War for the Planet of the Apes came out ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and I've again speaking of not hearing a bad word, I want to see the five people and talk to them about the five percent of the people who didn't like it because I have heard just amazing things about this movie. Probably cowards. Probably Chuck Teetzes. Wouldn't you say probably Chuck Teetzes of the world? Oh, we have a we have a death, Ryan, and again, not to point it out every time, but. I think the deaths are most best suited, really, for this week in Dork and not the pick of the podcast, like you did. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Uh, George A. Romero passed away. He was uh, 77, which was younger than I would have guessed George A. Romero. He, of course, who invented fucking zombies. Well, not the act of having sex with zombies, but just zombies is what he had invented. (laughs) Uh, So, R.I.P., certainly, to uh, to G.A.R. And maybe he comes back. 
He could. Yeah, he absolutely could. If anybody could. Yeah, no, I get it because of zombies, the, the living dead, the walking dead, etc. Are you, are you ready for the portion of the program that is uh, all about you? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for Davey's Video Game Minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. What do you have? Well, so the big news in the video game world is that Splatoon 2 is coming out. As we record this, it came out today, which is Tuesday. Um, I'm also told that um, are we Doomfist is is dropping for consoles Ooh, yes. today. Oh, that's, I can't that's wait. what I heard. Yes. Um, so we're in about a month or two. You'll be able to play him in competitive because no one, you know, some 12 year old kid will tell you how good he is with him. Yeah, he, he, he mains Doomfist now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was actually delving in. This is going to be a bit of a different video game minute um, than usual because usually i talk about things that are coming out things that i'm excited about um i was reading some articles and kind of spiraling on reddit and i found that um the much rumored half-life 3 script is written that it's actually like they've actually written an entire script for the game they just won't make it interesting well yeah i mean people you know episode three like people were very excited about it and that was supposed to be like Half-Life 3, and it, and it wasn't. They said, no, that's a completely different thing. So oh, the, it, it's just exciting to know for us video game people that this this still exists. Like, it's still out there somewhere, that Valve is holding on to a Half-Life 3. Um, and Rich, as you know, in my in my youth, I played an insane amount of Half-Life. There's a lot of Half-Life going so on. It's, yeah. uh, Maybe if somebody said, a lot you, of played, going yeah, on. Yeah, you, you spent a full life playing Half-Life. Eh. Uh, the other thing, uh, on the same note, is another game I used to play in in our room together. Um, um, uh, Alice. I was just thinking yeah. that. Yeah, that was actually a game I enjoyed watching. I usually I'm, I'm yeah. more of a hands-on gamer, but that was one where I could just sit back and watch. It was very entertaining. Uh, kind of kind of dark, mysterious. I, I enjoyed Alice. Yeah. So it's a as you said, it's a dark kind of gothic Alice in Wonderland where she's you know Alice has his mind is her mind is broken. And she is now wandering a very different Wonderland um, and basically cutting people's heads off. Yeah. I was developed by a guy named, and this is a great name, his name is American McGee. <laughs> sure it developed is. this game and the subsequent sequel. He says that he's incredibly frustrated. He went on uh, Twitter or went on some online rant the other day, uh, kind of a get, a, a get this off my chest kind of thing. And he's explained that he wants to make an updated or new Alice for consoles and PC and things like that. And EA won't let him. Weird. They, they keep saying it's not the right time and yada, yada, yada. They just put out two new Alice movies. So she's, you know, the character's never been fresher in our minds. Thanks to, you know, one John Depp. Yeah. He really crushed it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting in that EA has always been this company that, you know, they put out good titles, but people have never said anything good about that company at all. Um, it's regularly rated as one of the worst places to work in the world. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting that, you know, much like we talk about movies kind of getting put on the back burner, that, you know, video games get that treatment too, which is interesting to me. Yeah. So, you know, check out Splatoon. I heard that's a good game. And uh, if you like a game like Alice or Half-Life, uh, you might not ever see the light of day, which is frustrating, but that's the news in video games this week. Before we get to our topic du jour, Ryan, uh, last week we were talking about how maybe we needed like a little bit more imaging. We have we have some imaging on the show. Actually, we have a lot, but we need maybe even more. 
And when we do movie and TV show reviews, we always just, in case you haven't seen it, we'll do spoiler free for a bit. And then we jump into spoilers. We said we kind of need like a spoiler alarm. So you ask, you shall receive. Marcus from the Boxers podcast has given us a plethora of choices. So let's run through some of them now. I already have a favorite. You have not heard these yet. And so we're, and we can also, uh, you know, kind of poll the audience as well. You can let us know which one you happen to like the most. Let's see if we pick the same one too. That might be fun. That could be. All right. So I think there, there's a there's a few of them. So let's just let's just get it get it started. Spoilers! 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 Here come the spoilers! Wow. So keep that's number one. Spoilers! 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 Proceed with caution. Spoilers ahead. Uh, keep that in. Better. That's number two. Keep that in mind for number two. I'm only going to say this once, see? You better listen up, see? Because coming up here in a second, there's going to be some spoilers, see? That's number, that's number three. Keep, you know. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. The fat hobbits are some kind of obviously a golem feel to it i guess if we were going to do lord of the rings again it would be very it'd be very fitting spoilers 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 they're about to spoil everything (laughs) you like that one i like that one i like that one all right i think we have two more spoilers 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 they're about to spoil everything that's, I'm getting the impression that Marcus really likes doing this. I, I think that he might. All right, here's the here's the last one. So that's been six. So this is the seventh and final uh, option. Spoilers! 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 I actually, I actually just buried my face in my hands <laughs> listening to that one. The Herbert one. Yeah, I do like that though. I think I don't. I, uh, know if I, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if I could listen to that like eight or nine times, like once a week. I don't think I could listen to that. Though. Well, we don't do it once a week. Like, like there's no spoilers today. We're just going through the options. Like, it's really yeah. only for movies that come out, and then if we do a TV show, a year-end review. So we don't even, I mean, I don't even know how many. It applied last week to Spider-Man. I happen to yeah. like the first one the best, I think. I like the first one the best as well. All right, so we might, so just to recap. Because there, there has to be some sort of villainy in it with that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? No, I don't know. No, no, no. You're thinking of a different one. This is the one that I like the most. Let me see. Spoilers. All right. Well, we got a little bit of like, like an evil Richard Simmons. Yeah, that's true. Right that. No, that's true. It does have a little bit of that. So thank you very much, Marcus. You can check out his podcast, Tim and Wes. They break down movies at the Red Box. You can check that out on the iTunes and everywhere else podcasts are found. Davey, the topic du jour this week is... It, yeah, you know, like, what's we, that, Richard? No, we already know what it is. It's, it's the topic of the day. Best yeah. bad movies. Now, here's the deal. These movies obviously aren't bad to us, so how do we qualify them as bad movies? So much has been made. I really feel like the last couple of years, Rotten Tomatoes has really taken off where more and more movies 
during the trailers, they'll they'll put the Rotten Tomato score in there, and they're like promoting their movie. Like, yeah, they did that at times before, but I feel like now more than ever, they're like, hey, like Get Out is ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like Baby Driver is like ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like all these movies are really pushing the Rotten Tomato score, and so I think this is a good exercise because these are going to be movies that scored below fifty percent. Because as you know, Rotten Tomatoes is do you like it or do you not like it? And this way, the majority of critics, we're, we're talking critics here that saw it, did not like these movies that we happen to like. Yeah, and I think, so there was a bit of a, uh, a dust-up between us and Mac and Goo because they said we, and it was completely organic, as you told me, right? Like you said we were going to do this. Yeah, we, like, are yeah. you kidding me? And what I, I was listening to their podcast, and theirs are underrated movies. Okay, so it's com- different. Well, I, I think it's I think it's different. I think it's different than what we're doing here because what I what I read this when you proposed this to me, it's movies that are terrible, but if they are on, I will watch the entire thing. Yeah, and these are these are movies to me that again I don't think are terrible, but the majority right. the majority of Rotten Tomato uh, critics said that they were. So, I also found that the majority of these movies, the, the movies that people disagree about the most. To, in, in my mind, and I know you might feel differently, but I think comedy and horror, like comedies, good comedies get trashed because people have shit sense of humor. And so they just don't get certain things or they, they, yeah. they focus on something and they like, well, this isn't like, how could I compare this to the Godfather? It's like, we're not asking you to compare it to the Godfather. Like, did you, right. did you laugh? Did you enjoy it? And then horror movies too. There's, there's not many horror movies i don't think that have like a say between like a 80 and a 60 on rotten tomatoes you know what i mean like it's either viewed as like oh my god this is the this is groundbreaking horror movie or this is trash you know like halloween one versus halloween uh six like like there there's there's very little in between so i have a lot of comedies on my list and a lot of horror movies on my list and similarly i have a lot of i i have a lot of comedies um a couple dramas but most of mine, and it, it kind of goes the same way with horror movies, uh, action movies, like straight action movies, don't get as, as much love as they should. And yeah. maybe there's reasons for that. But um, there's something to be said for just a balls-to-the-wall action movie that, you know, it's just, it is what it is. We're going to go back and forth here uh, naming our movies. We can spend as much or as little time on each movie that you want. I just want to throw as many out there that we can. Would you like to kick, receive defer or defend a goal i will kick because i'm dying to hear what you have as your first as your first one my first and last one i could i could walk away as soon as i saw what the rotten tomato score was for this movie i said all right now we ha- we got we got something here and that would be 2010's comedy mcgruber mcgruber <laughs> ryan as you know is one of my favorite movies of all time we had we had another yeah. guy uh, i believe it was paul on twitter asked us and asked mac and goo like you guys should do an episode on what your top 10 favorite movies are because you can tell a lot about a person about their top 10 favorite movies. And it's a good call, and maybe someday we will, we will get to that. I'll give you a little heads up, though. MacGruber, I would find a way to get it into my top 10. I laugh out loud, and I, I love, love, love this movie. I, I'm a big Will Forte fan. I liked the MacGruber character on SNL. Like, I, thought, I thought he was funny. But this takes it to another level. Like This is super R-rated version of that. Like That's, that's basically just the name of the character, and a couple of lines that he does. The movie is completely different. It's so over the top. It's so quotable, and I just absolutely love it. And like I challenge people, like if you could sit there and watch it 
and not crack up laughing during it, then we have very different sense of humors, I suppose. And this, and by I the way, this, by the way, got a, it, from, is it? yeah, I was going to say, I got a 47. So it just made the cut. Just made the cut. And I think people like, I think a lot of people just like, didn't get it. Like they were expecting like the cheeky SNL skit and what they got was something completely different. And you know that that's what Will Forte wanted this character to be like from the jump. Yes. You know what I mean? Like this, like completely eighties out, you know, uh, TV star kind of thing, like a, like a MacGyver, but you know, just completely ridiculous. Um, and by the way, one of the best villain names I've ever heard, ever. Yeah. Kant. Which is what, was it Victor? Was his first Victor, name Victor? Victor von Kant. Victor von Kant. Kant. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. It, it's just so, it's it's so good. That's Val Kilmer. He's good in it. Kristen Wiig's good in it. Ryan Phillippe is good in it. They have a bunch of wrestlers in it, and those guys are all <laughs> really good. Like, it's just, it's it's so over the top that yeah i i absolutely love it so that that'd be the first and if i could only pick one to be on this list it would be mcgruber speaking of over the top richard the first movie i'm gonna go with right now is a movie called over the top um which if you haven't seen this movie um it is starring sylvester stallone who plays a character by the name of link lincoln hawk yes or link hawk who is estranged from his son and is looking, he's a long, long haul truck driver who wants to gain custody of his son after his wife dies. Family for some time, Robert Loggia plays the grandfather, the, the salty grandfather. And in order to win his son back, Sylvester Stallone enters a competitive arm wrestling championship. Makes sense. It, it makes sense. And it hits on all the things that I like. I like a good sly Stallone in a tank top. Oh. I like, uh, um, you know, whiny child actors, yeah. and I love I love Kenny Loggins. And there was a wonderful Kenny Loggins song uh, called "Meet Me Halfway," uh, which which was the theme song to this movie. Um, and it's just a, just a real shit sandwich. But I find it incredibly entertaining that the way that whoever wrote this movie thought like this is really going to bring a father and son together, competitive arm <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, I mean, we can all relate. Fantastic. Absolutely, yes. yes. And he teaches his kid, who's kind of a bit of a he's a he's a puss, uh, teaches him how to arm wrestle, and that you know gives his son. Um, and do you and think that this? A, do you think that this movie was so well made it deterred others from making more arm wrestling movies? I think so. I think where do you go from there? You know, if it's the gold standard of arm competitive arm wrestling movies. <laughs> so yeah, over so that, the, over the top is a good that one. That would be my first one. Four, 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. 43. All right, this one, we take, a, we take a big deep dive down. This this one clocked in at 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Came out in 2001. It's a little movie called Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> now, Ryan, this won the Razzie uh, for Worst Picture. It won several Razzies, but specifically for, for Worst Picture. It was nominated. Notice I didn't say one. It was nominated for Worst Movie of the Decade in 2010. It lost a, a tough one to Battlefield Earth that defeated it at the Razzies. Allow me to read the Robert Ebert review from April twentieth, two thousand and one, which I do Please find do. I do find humor in the fact that he wrote this on four twenty, just because it just kind of seems seems about right. So Robert Ebert was not a fan. He said um, it's been leading up to this all spring when David Spade got buried in crap and Joe Dirt, and when three supermodels got buried in crap and head over heels. 
and when human organs fell from a hot air balloon and monkey bone and were eaten by dogs, and when David Arquette rolled around in dog crap and a gangster had his testicles bitten off in C-spot run, and when a testicle was eaten in Tomcats, well, somehow the handwriting was on the wall. There had to be a movie like Freddy Gut Fingered coming along. This movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. Many years ago, when surrealism was new, Luis Buñuel and Salvador Dali made Un Chien Andalou, a film so shocking that Buñuel filled his pockets with stones to throw at the audience if it attacked him. Green, whose film is in the surrealist tradition, may want to consider the same. Same tactic. The day may come when Freddy Got Fingered is seen as a milestone of neo-surrealism. The day may never come when it is seen as funny. The film is a vomitorium consisting of 93 minutes of Tom Green doing things that a geek in a carnival sideshow would turn down. Six minutes into the film, his character leaps from his car to wag a horse penis. This is, we discover, a framing device to be matched by a scene late in the film where he sprays his father with elephant semen straight from the source. Green plays Gord Brody, a 28-year-old who lives at home with his father, Rip Torn, who despises him, and his mother, Julie Haggerty, who wrings her hands a lot. He lives in a basement room, still stocked with high school stuff, draws cartoons, and dreams of becoming an animator. Gord would exhaust a psychiatrist's list of diagnoses. He was unsocialized, hostile, manic, and apparently retarded. Retarded? How else to explain a sequence? First of all, Robert Ebert going with a hard R there. I did not expect hard him to R. That's a hard that's all that's him. He he's not quoting anything. He's just he's going with a hard R for Tom Green. He says, How else to explain a sequence in which a Hollywood animator tells him to quote get inside his animals? And he skins a stag and prances around dressed in the coat covered in blood. His romantic interest is played by Betty. Uh, Marissa Coughlin, who is disabled and dreams of rocket-powered wheelchairs and oral sex. A different kind of sexual behavior enters the life of his brother, Freddie, who gets the movie named after him just because, I suppose, Tom Green thought the title was funny. His character also thinks it is funny to falsely accuse his father of molesting Freddie. Green's sense of humor may not resemble yours. Consider a scene where Gord's best friend busts his knee open while skateboarding. Gord licks the open wound. Then he visits his friend in the hospital. A woman in the next bed goes into labor. Gord rips the baby from her womb and, when it appears to be dead, brings it to life by swinging it around his head by its umbilical cord, spraying the wall with blood. If you wanted that to be a surprise, then I'm sorry I spoiled it for you. And he, he went ahead and gave it a thumbs down. Oh, so, so in the end, it was a thumbs down? It ended up being a thumbs down after all of that, which I would say this, this perfectly sums up people who hated Freddy Got Fingered. If you only focus on all the gross out stuff, like the all the stuff that he mentioned, like all like the horse penis and all like the the swing and the baby. If you focus on that, then yeah, the movie's not great. Or at least that's not for me. Like I don't I don't I don't I personally don't even love that part of it. But there are so many really good jokes in here and it's really I think it's really funny. Remember we used to watch this in high school all the time. Like this this movie's hysterical. Yeah, we used to watch it and I, I would laugh in the opening scene when he's doing the X-ray cat, doo, 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 X-ray cat. Like that, to me, I don't know why. I still think 20 years removed, I still think that that's funny. X-ray cat is amazing. And when he's, he's talking to Anthony Michael Hall about his cartoons, and he's like, Gord, what the fuck is that? He's like, it's a, it's a bag of eyes with the sauce. He's like, a bag of yeah, eyes with like sauce? That. He's like, <laughs> he's like, looking at him like, are you fucking kidding me? 
He's like, well, he's extra. Ca he can yeah. see through walls. He can see through wood. He can only see through wooden doors. And he sees, he sees the robbers. There he is. He's seeing the robbers. He's like, this is, this is bullshit. Like, that scene was funny. The backwards man scene, I don't know why. I'm the backwards like, man, the backwards man. Every, I can walk past the best you can. I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. Every now and again, that will pop into my head, and that'll be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Love it. Absolutely and then uh, backwards man. The other scene that I thought was hilarious when he's on, he's, he's pretending he's on the date, he's pretending to be on the phone. And he's like, you say Helsinki. You, That's 40 million Deutschmarks, Bob. Geneva. That's 40 million Deutschmarks. <laughs> You're fucking fired. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> he, and then she, and he has he has the, he has the tape recorder and it's doing like a ring like a house phone and he like pretends like it's his like huge cell phone. It's yeah. It's it's really really funny and people just get caught up in like I remember even watching that with my wife like when we were first we first started going out and she thought like the you know him humping like dead animals was so stupid but even she was like laughing pretty hard at some of the other. Yeah, like the non-gross-out jokes are really good. Yeah, but yeah, and it's it's just a someone someone gave Tom Green who was who was very popular at the time just a blank check and it's like write and direct the movie go, and, and like, this is this, what they got. So he came up with it. He was doing some yeah. skateboarding. He's a skateboarder, so he he did some of that. Uh, mm -hmm. You had uh, Finch from American Pie play his brother Freddie, and uh, when when <laughs> the best is his dad like hates Tom Green, but he actually sneaky hates Freddy even more because you remember he gives Tom Green the LeBaron and the license plate's his number one son. And he's like, yeah. he's like, look at look at Freddy. I'm the number one son. I'm the number one son. And then the mom's like, no, you're both number one sons. And and Freddy's like, well, what what about what about the license plate? And she's like, no, 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 you're both number one. And he's like, well, I'm the only one with the LeBaron, Freddy. Who's got the LeBaron? I got the LeBaron, Freddy. <laughs> he's like, or he's doing the daddy, he's like, would you like some daddy, would you like some sausages? That's a classic scene. Yeah, that that's yeah. But <laughs> oh my god, what a weird fucking movie that is. So so weird, but I I love it. So not, all right. unfu but, not unfunny, but uh, still like it's definitely worth a watch just to see because it's one of those things like you said, you either love that movie or you absolutely hate it, yeah. and you need but you need to find out what side of the fence you're on. You know. But don't you think like if the Roger Ebert thing, if you're gonna focus solely on those parts, like you're you're missing so much more of it, and maybe that's. Maybe that's what it does to the audience. It clearly by eleven percent, most feel that way. But if you you're just so grossed out, you're like, I can't believe he was whacking off an elephant, and then maybe you miss all the other jokes because you're just so disgusted for a while. Like I don't know, maybe yeah, that's how people are. That might happen. Yeah. All right, what do you got now? Um, so the next, and this is one of the, this, I'm a, this is a twofer, but both of them are under fifty percent. So I want to mention them in one thing. Okay. When I was a little kid, I thought coolest movies i have ever seen in my life and thinking it like age three and four and five like this this movies don't get any better than this and they are breaking and breaking to electric boogaloo <laughs> which if you it's basically a a story about two break dancers who uh named turbo and ozone who uh they are discovered by a young a young uh well-to-do lady named kelly who uh, they form this this dance group and Kelly gets sucked into the world of breakdancing. Um, and it's just the rough and tumble world of breakdancing where they, you know, people show up at clubs and, and they breakdance each other to see for supremacy. Of you know course. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like you got served before you got the served. Movie. Yeah. I got you. Exactly what it is. And you know, there's uh, in breaking two, they, they start this community center called miracle 
and then some mean white guy is going to tear down miracles because they can't pay their bills, right? And so they show up. They show up with uh, the climactic scene is they show up with their um, their big equipment to tear down the building, uh, bulldozers and so on and so forth. And everybody just gets out and break dances in front of them, and they back off. I mean, it makes sense. I wouldn't go near that. And there is no better movie, I think, maybe Save the Last Dance, that just shows you the power of the art of dance and how dance can solve all of your problems and and so on and so forth with very colorful people and, you know, just wonderful, wonderful choreography. And the very first film appearance by a young man named Ice-T who comes out in Miracles at the end of uh, Breaking 2 and does a rap for the and he looks as ridiculous wow. as you could imagine early 80s uh, Ice-T to look. And these movies, Breakin and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, are 43 and 20% respectively. Oh, my so, God. So a little bit of a dip in Breakin' and Breakin' 2. Sure. But um, if you want to express yourself in the majesty of dance, please check out Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. I think what also it does is that's such a great running joke later on because that's been brought up so many times where if you're like, oh, yeah, and what's the, like, you're talking about, say, Freddy Got Fingered. You're like, what's the sequel? Oh, Freddy Got Fingered 2, Electric Boogaloo. Like, people always yep. add, tag that on at the end, and it lives on forever. And people don't even know what it's from. Like, most people are like, I know it's a sequel to some movie, but I don't even know which, which one it is. This- and that's what it is. And if you're a big uh, It's Always Sunny fan, the Charlie McDennis sequel is called Charlie McDennis 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yep. Oh, good so, call. Yep, good call. Absolutely. Yeah. This is going to shock you. I don't know if this is on your list. I'm sure it would be if you, if you knew what score it got. 42% basketball uh i'm I'm stunned and i'm not stunned i'm shocked and appalled because basketball is also this came out in 1998 and if you watch it now it's so ahead of its time where like some of the stuff it's it's joking but it's only half joking about how you know all these corporations and like all these like sports teams like how important money is and like the naming rights to stadiums and like all this like all how like the business side of all of that they hit on all of that, and this movie is just like funny, start to finish. And there's a lot of good lines. It's very rewatchable. And this is this sums up to me how you can never look at a Rotten Tomato score specifically with comedies. But some of the other stuff, they've been right about a lot of them. like some of the the comic book movies. I feel like they've done a pretty good job, and I, I I agree with more than I don't. But comedies, it's it's terrible because you also some sometimes with these movies you might only get. 20 critics or whatever to watch it and so now all of a sudden if 11 of them don't like it but they might all be stiffs they might be old people like you don't you don't know what 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 they're what they are so comedies you really got to just see them for yourself or you got to have like a buddy of yours who you have a similar sense of humor if they rate the the, the movie for you they're like hey you got to see this that's that's much more trustworthy than rotten tomatoes who gives basketball 42 percent yeah i would trust you i would trust you more than any rotten tomatoes rating thank you um and oh yeah, absolutely. We've built that trust over a very long relationship. But what the first thing that popped into my head when thinking about basketball is if Trey Parker and Matt Stone made that movie today, it would be double. I, I feel like the, the Rotten Tomato score for that movie would double because they're such an established duo now. Yeah, at that point that South Park like that, South Park was pretty young and they weren't known as like geniuses then. Right. So I think that people would give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt. And again, see it like you saw it as a, a satire on like professional sports. 
yes. ridiculous the idea of professional sports is, you know, and um, yeah, maybe it was just, uh, like you said, a little ahead of its time. But if that movie came out this year, it would be like 80s. And I like Trey Parker in stuff. Like, I know he's, he's a, he does all the, you know, does so much on South Park, obviously. But, like, live action, like, with, like Orgasmo and basketball, like, I, I think he's a good actor. And I, I like watching him do stuff. And that's another one. I have not checked it. And I just remember that movie now. So I'm glad you brought that up. The movie Orgasmo. Tremendous. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. And it was, it, I think it was before they even did, or it was like the first season of South Park or something like that. Like they had, no one had any idea who these guys were. And they make this movie about this uh, pornographic superhero who shoots, who uh, shoots his little, gun at you and you have an <laughs> orgasm like the minute he shoots you and that's like his superpower that's a good weapon um and it was a great precursor to the book of mormon because he actually uh trey parker actually plays a mormon yeah in the movie and just how ridiculous those people are um Did you ever sorry get... if i'm offending any mormons I'm, we're alienating our mormon audience but no that's a, they, pretty, they, they pretty under, ridiculous they understand do you uh did you ever see book of mormon uh, I have not. My wife has seen it and has demanded that I go and see it because it's amazing. I went. I went with uh, my wife and my parents. They came to. They came to Boston, and it was, it was hysterical. Like it was really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I, what I, I, I got remember. for you next, Rich, and then another one that would surprise you: thirty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Super Troopers. Wow. Yeah. That's brutal. Now, when I was in. I saw this my freshman year in college, and I was actually a criminal justice major at the time. Not a classics major, as you know me now, <laughs> yes. but a, Everybody a criminal drink. justice. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> Everyone drink. So I saw this. So it was me and my two roommates, and we were uh, all looking to be um, some sort of federale. And sure. so we go to the movies together, the three of us, just to see this movie, Super Troopers. And it was I probably one of the last times I've laughed so hard in a theater that I couldn't, I, I didn't hear the next joke because I was laughing so hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, I, you boys like Mexico, like that's, a, or like just the whole drug scene, that opening scene. The opening scene is amazing. So yeah. Funny. Um, and I don't know how, uh, again, maybe, you know, people think this is stupid and it's like silly humor, which it is, uh, it's stoner humor, which it is. But at the same, like, I had not seen a movie like that when it came out, you know, where it was just but like it just, so low budget. but Yeah, it's crazy, though, because it's well done. It's original. Like, those guys all, you know, wrote it and, and acted in it together, that Broken Lizard Company. And, mm -hmm. like, so so 65% of people, or critics, I guess, watch that and are like, no. Like, that's insane like, to me. Like, that is, like, it's a really good, maybe you don't laugh at every single joke, but that's a, that's a well done, like, those people must just say no to every comedy. Like, oh, this is supposed to be funny. I'm out. Like, that has to be what it is. Because I have, I have some other ones on this list that I would say are kind of in that similar vein where um, Billy Madison, under 50%. Tommy Boy, under 50%. Both Ace Ventura movies. I mean, if you wanted to say the second one, I actually think the second one's pretty good and kind of an underrated sequel. But if you wanted to say that one, like, oh, it's not a really, like, it's, it's more of the same, whatever. But the first one, the first Ace Ventura more than 50% of Rotten Tomatoes viewers said it was, or uh, critics said it was not a good movie. Like, that's insane. And this is the, pro well, this is the problem with film critics, and I, and I truly believe this, is that they're looking at this through uh, the lens of, like, the art of 
filmmaking. And I, I feel there has to be, like you do, there has to be this pocket of movies that's just, just pure entertainment. Like, I just want to be entertained. Like, right. I don't want to, right. like, not everything has to be a Picasso. Not everything has to be The Godfather. Not everything has to be Citizen King. Sometimes people just want to get away from their shitty lives and watch something that makes them laugh, like Super Troopers. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. movie is fucking funny, and I'll watch that right now. You know what I mean? I think you could make a compelling argument that Jim Carrey should have been nominated for an Oscar in Ace Ventura. Who else can do that? <laughs> who, who else does that? Nobody else does that. I, would, I wouldn't make that argument, but I, I would. would love to hear you make that argument. I would. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do uh, Oscar, uh, Oscar, the biggest Oscar snubs we could do an episode on. And I would say Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura. That guy was on. I mean, nobody's, doing, I would, nobody's doing that. And I would make an argument. I haven't seen the third one yet, but this is a little bit off topic. But I wanted to bring this up when you, say, when you mentioned it. If Andy Serkis in his lifetime does not get nominated for an Oscar, somebody needs to be like mercy killed because I, I cannot, what that guy does in every single movie. Yeah. They'll give him one. They, they get, they always, they always give somebody an Oscar for like a movie. They didn't deserve it. Like later on, like he'll do something where he's good in it, but not amazing. And they'll be like, well, we kind of owe you. So here, here you go. But how many people have seen, they've seen this guy's work and seen what he's done and they have no idea what he looks like. Well, he gets to, you know what I mean? well, he can walk to Starbucks and, you know, have a nice, or, or Dunkin' Donuts yeah. or whoever wants to sponsor the podcast. Uh, Honeydew, I don't care. I'll take a, I'll take a donut from anywhere. Yeah. Coffee. I mean, I know what Andy Circus looks like and so do you. Yeah, but. true. But we're also, yeah. you know, hashtag dorks. Also, we, uh, we get paid a ridiculous amount of money to know what <laughs> Andy Circus looks like. We get paid hopefully in Honeydew Donuts if they could just pick up the stick and give us a buzz. Um, just Friends, uh, Ryan, with uh, Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart, yeah, and yeah. Anna Ferris. I really enjoyed it. I think it's very rewatchable. It's sort of a Christmas movie as well. It's 42%. I like that one a lot. A black comedy on my list, Very Bad Things, with Christian Slater and oh, John yeah. Favreau. That movie's great. Yeah. That got 44%. I, re- I reference that movie at least once a month. Like, <laughs> if I'm... If- out and it's leg day and i'm climbing the stairs and i'm having a tough time i will say you can't stop the salmon man <laughs> and people look at me like uh, you know like i and they look at me like i'm crazy that's good it's, it's, um, a, it's from a moment. it's yeah. very good um one of if if i were to rate my top 10 personal favorite movies one that would crack the top 10 like your like yours um i would put roadhouse Ooh, a 38 percent on rotten tomatoes roadhouse definitely makes my list uh, and it's just so 80s, so Swayze, so good. Real good. Uh, and, like, incredibly good one-liners. You know, pain don't hurt. Yeah. Like, who says that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, it, No, that um, movie's it's awesome. It's just a ridiculous story. Like, they commit however many murders in this town, and people are just like, well, guess that'll wrap that up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. And the movie itself is so – but Jeff Healy – and great band, uh, blind guitarist Jeff Healy. God rest his he's actually has passed. All right, uh, another death. Yeah, put that yeah, in the pick of the I, podcast. I didn't bring it down. Uh, yeah, Jeff Healy. He died years ago. Um, in that movie, great music, great action. Um, and Sam Neill shows up, and his he he only plays one character. You know, yeah. he has a mustache. He dogs like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fine. Do you think? What if? Yeah, do you think yeah. a movie? What if like a, a director was like, listen, we have like this great role for you, but you need to shave the mustache. Does he do it? No, because he'll go like, it's not me, hombre. Or something like something like that, you know? What if, he just, isn't very good. what if he just took it off and it's been a fake the whole time? He's like, sure, I can do that. 
He's like, what? I don't think he has a top lip. I think that is his lip. Oh, maybe it's just hair? He, yeah. Yeah. I think if you took the mustache <laughs> away, it's just teeth. <laughs> So he's like, he needs it thicker and thicker because it just it messes up his, you know, it's hard to eat that way, I would imagine. Yeah. You need and the, a- other one, the other action movie I want to bring up, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to have cut you off right there, but I'm very excited about this movie. No, please. Um, and, only, and only because this movie set off a chain of movies that I can give you a formula right now. Ready? Please. And this is the first in a series. I'm going to pitch you a movie right now. Oh, I love this. Okay? Yeah, shoot. So, okay, we have an established action star. Um, not a very good actor, but uh, we're gonna. That's okay. Let's go down camera. The camera loves him. Uh, goes by the name of Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm, in. All right, you know him. Um, there is inexplicably around the world, somewhere in the world, we'll just do this one in China. There is a fighting tournament. Okay. Okay. Like Tekken. Um, kind of, but yeah. but the circumstances for Jean Claude being in this fighting tournament are a little uh, circuit like. He doesn't, it's not directly someone didn't ask him to be in this, but like mm. somebody he knew died in the previous tournament. Oh, so no. he's out for revenge somehow. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so we're going to put him in there. Now, when he's in there, there are people, uh, maybe the American government, maybe uh, somebody, I don't know, the French foreign legion uh, don't want him in this tournament. So while he's fighting, they're also trying to take him out of the tournament. You know what I mean? Uh. But it's, he's bound by honor to, to do this. You know what I mean? I got gotcha. you. Want to make Richard? I, I, I'm smelling it. Yep. Oh, you're smelling it, and, and then he wins. Obviously, he's uh, there's a let me ask big bad character that he has to ultimately defeat. Yes. Can he have a really big kind of grizzly American friend? Oh yeah, that's that, that's that's he has to. Okay, good, perfect. He has to. But, and who again? He fights along with him, alongside him. But there has to be. There's all these nationalities represented in the tournament, but there has to be two Americans. Okay, good. There's two Americans. Is, is there a lot of different yeah. fighting styles? Oh, there's some. We'll have a guy who's like a monkey who kind of. I want of a monkey around. guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm there's in. Cop aware guy. There's got to yeah. be, you know, dance fighting. You know. Okay. So what I've just described to you is Richard is one of maybe six movies that Jean Claude Van Damme has done. Yes. Which a 33 percent on Rotten Tomatoes is a movie called Bloodsport. Love Bloodsport. Which he plays Frank Dukes, who actually is a real person. No, I know. Um, Bloodsport's based on a true story. Yeah. Well, based on yeah, based on a true story, the Kumite in China. Um, and Forrest Whitaker makes an appearance with one of the, like the lamest tasers I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. But another movie that's just so ridiculous. And again, I, I love this movie in that there are five Jean-Claude Van Damme movies just like this. If you count Kickboxer, uh, The Quest, yeah. Heart, <laughs> like movies like that that just are the same exact fucking thing that they've done over. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, the Quest is a ridiculous ripoff of Bloodsport, so if you, uh, which was on TV the other day. So uh, check out Bloodsport for just ultimate JCVD. Absolutely. I have a couple other comedies here. I have uh, Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang. Seventeen percent. That's just like it, I love that. That's movie. a good movie. It's Norm Macdonald doing Norm Macdonald things. A lot of good one-liners. Some of his deadpan comedy. So. That's insanely low. And then even lower than that at 16% is Grandma's Boy. Which, if Grandma's you Boy's are a fan great. of this podcast, yeah. and you, you have to see Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Um, you probably already have, this, and you probably love it. You probably love it. And you probably quote it to people all the time. Like, I'm a robot. I'm going to rob my vagina. <laughs> like, you probably do that to people all the time. And what uh, a fun movie that would just look to make. 
You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Those guys must have a blood. Nick Swartzen, that's him at his best. He's been in a lot of things. That is far and away his best role. And that was when you started. You looked at it and you said, man, it's all of Adam Sandler's buddies, but no Adam Sandler. And it's the best movie he's made in 15 years. Yeah. Well, at yeah. that time, um, and, and that, at that time, around 10 years. But, yeah. So here's, a, here's one from the personal collection. Ooh. Richard, that as at twenty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, uh, an Artie Lang movie called Beer League. Oh. Have you ever played softball before? This Love movie is awesome. Um, a synopsis: An unemployed alcoholic thirty something who still lives with his mother and can't seem to muster the motivation to turn his life around finds that all's fair in love and softball when his team is threatened with ejection from the league in a raunchy sports comedy starring Howard Stern, show regular Artie Lang. For the sluggers uh, from Ed's Bar and Swill, the weekly trip to the local diamond is more about drinking and roughhousing than it is roughhousing. Yeah. Uh, about such technicalities as hitting home runs and striking out for the opposing team. When their favorite pastime is threatened by the ultra-competitive athleticism of the, beer, uh, of the league's villainous perennial champions led by local gym owner and current blah, 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 blah. Um, you get the idea. So That's it's great. basically it'll be dodgeball, but softball. But better, um, and, but it's 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 rated R, and so like the comedy is so much better, and like the the the, the stuff those guys all say to each other, like Maganelli is the bad guy, and like and yeah. Artie just shits on him all the time. He has the one guy on his team that keeps all of his own stats. It's amazing, and like, that's he, my favorite guy because yeah. when he's remember he doesn't show up for Ralph. It's Ralph Macchio is Artie Lang's best friend from right. the Karate Kid, and and Artie Lang doesn't show up to his wedding. He's the best man, and then the other guy winds up getting up there and just the whole best man speech is him telling him how he finished the season hitting over 750 or something like that. And yeah. every time he gets a hit, he tells you what his average is now. That, like I thought that was the funny, cause there's, there's a guy great. like that on every softball team. Oh, it's amazing. It's a, that guy does a, a hell of a job. So I love, I love that one. Um, that's a good comedy to put in there. Then there's a lot of horror movies. I'll, I'll run over these quickly. The every single movie in the saw franchise is below 50%. <laughs> now, Okay, yeah. I understand. Like, the last few, there's been, like, seven or eight of them. So, like, the last handful, fine. If you want to put them there, whatever. I still watch them. I'm, I'm into it. But you can't tell me the first one. Again, where you finally get an original idea in the horror genre. I think it's well-written. Eh, maybe not maybe not well-acted, but it's a horror movie. Who, who really gives a shit? It's a really good story. It's scary. Like, that's what they're going for. It's a horror movie. They're trying to be scary. Like, these comedy movies, they're, trying, they're funny. They are, they are funny. And so... I couldn't believe that Saw 1 got a 48%. I thought that would be one of those kind of like, ooh, like 88%. Like, I really like this one's like really cool because like it's a little bit different. I think, once again, just like in Freddy Got Fingered, some of the gore movies, I think, take away from the actual kind of plot. Like, it's, it's somewhat thin, but whatever. You're, you're establishing this, this character. It's mysterious. You're trying to figure out what's going on while you're watching the movie. And then you, there's like these really gnarly deaths, and people are probably like, "Oh my god, they're just trying to shock me." Yeah, right. That's my guess. But that, that I, I got. Yeah, I, I, mean, yeah, I got all the stuff. I'm sorry. I, I was gonna say that was the best, one of the best horror movies I I had seen. When I'd seen it, I was like, "That's my favorite horror movie." Yeah. I and then they came out with them like every October, like on the nose. So I saw like two of them in college with my with my buddies, and we're like, "This is." It was scary. Like you, you were legit scared, and it was. It was well done. They're all like ninety minutes. You go in there, you you enjoy the hell out of it. They they should, they get made fun of this, but at the like 
five minutes before the movie wraps up, they kind of sum everything up in like a quick kind of montage. So you're like, hey, just in case you weren't paying attention, this is what the yeah. hell happened. And now here, stay tuned for the conclusion. And so I liked it. There's also a new Saw movie coming out this October. Um, I know I know what you did last summer. I liked I, I liked this movie. This is during the late 90s where there was the big craze in the slasher genre. But Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ryan Phillippe, Freddie Prince Jr., I thought this was enjoyable. It got 35%. Uh, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, got a 29%. And this is the one where they introduce Jamie, like the, the girl played by Danielle Harris. I actually really liked The Return of Michael Myers, but that gets crap. Halloween 2, the direct sequel to the first Halloween, which did get good reviews. It was all the way down at 31%, which I thought was really low. Like, I thought it was a good continuation of the story. They're in the hospital basically the whole time. I thought that one was good. You also had Wrong Turn, I thought was good, Rye. Club Dread from the yeah. uh, from the Broken Lizard guys. Urban Legend, maybe I'm just biased because I love Rebecca Gayhart. And House of a Thousand Corpses, <laughs> which I think it, Wait, in its I own you way. Wait, I you Russell. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. House you of a Thousand. You also had a Molly Ringwald thing for a while, didn't you? I mean, not really. I mean, everybody kind of liked her, but <laughs> God damn it! Uh, do, you, do you have any any horror movies you want to jump on there? Uh, the only horror movie that I say, and and this is like an all timer that people bring up all the time, and is regarded as the worst movie ever made. And if you have if you haven't seen Troll Two yet, I mean, you got you absolutely have to see that movie. Oh, Troll Two, um, and just, and after you watch the movie, watch the documentary on it called Worst Movie Ever, yes. which is the documentary on Troll 2, and it's just it's just bizarre like how that movie even got made. you know. And um, But it's one of those movies that if you're listening to us right now, you've probably seen, but it's worth, if we didn't mention it, people would be like, what the hell? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's a good point. Troll, it's called, so when you go on Netflix, it's called Troll 2 Electric Boogaloo, and you can find that, <laughs> give that a watch. It's not even a sequel to the first Troll movie. No. Nor do they call the monsters in the movies trolls. They call them goblins. And they never even mention the word troll. And the acting is right. so it's so bad it's great. Yes. Like it's over Speaking the of that, so the other movie that I wanted to mention here, which is kind of like an all-timer that uh, people have been talking about more so recently, is a movie called The Room um, by this guy Tommy Wiseau or Wiseau or whatever. Um, have you heard about this movie, Richard? Yes. Can I, can I holler at you? Holler, You've heard about this movie, right? Holler at me, yeah. So, I, so this movie it's just like it's about a guy who his wife is cheating on him and you know all this stuff and it's just written by this guy and the more compelling thing about this is nobody really knows who Tommy Wiseau is or where he came from or how this movie got made no yeah. one knows how old he is he's never said what country he's from he's clearly not American what? yeah it's like this really bizarre circumstances surrounding this room that make it kind of intriguing um, but it's just a shit sandwich but it's so funny to watch like you if you uh i think you could watch it on uh youtube you know oh, what I mean? okay. like you can just find it yeah you just watch the room right. so uh that that's the last like I, I would feel like we did ourselves a disservice if we didn't mention these movies personally there are two movies one you've mentioned one you haven't mentioned that are also in my personal collection that i will watch at uh each uh, the first being Joe Dirt, which you which you've mentioned here. Yes, Joe. Dirt. Joe Dirt's a funny movie. It is pretty good. I was surprised. I did not expect anything from this, and it was pretty good. And my one of my favorite uh, female act. You, you have your Tawny Katane. I have my Brittany Daniel, who is just a just a knockout. Uh, well, Tawny Katane. Tawny Katane. I only like because I think I could sleep with her. Uh, and more so now. 
she'd probably would have given yeah. you some money too. To, <laughs> she'd pay me for it in a, in a bizarre um, twist. And one I will mention too, I love this movie and I know a lot of people think it sucks, but I really enjoyed the movie Nacho Libre. Yeah, yeah, Nacho Libre's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I like it in the same way. Of course, it's the same director and writer, but I like it in the same way I like Napoleon Dynamite. But Napoleon Dynamite has like in the upper 80s or like low 90s. Yeah, people, people love that one. I would, but they, and then people hated Nacho Libre, and it's like the same type of humor, you know? Yeah, it's strange how that how that works. I would also throw out there Blue Chips. It's one of my favorite sports movies, the one with Shaq and Penny and Nick Nolte. That yep. got 37%. Mortal Kombat is it's probably the best video game movie. You can check that in our archives. We went through them all. Most of them are trash. They're all way below 50%. Mortal Kombat's 34. That's probably the best one. I thought the movie Suicide Kings with Christopher Walken and Jay Moore and some other guys was actually pretty good. That got 34%. Running Did it really? 34% for Suicide Kings. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even look at that. I would assume that that's you know, at least in the 60s. Yeah, crazy. I was, I was shocked I by that, that one. I thought it was good. I thought Running Scared was pretty good. The one with, uh, you know, R.I.P. Paul Walker. That was it's, it's, it's crazy. The original Running Scared, it's not a remake, but it's, there's another movie called Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, which is, which is an unbelievable movie. I think that's, it doesn't qualify because yeah. it's actually a good movie. But Jawbreaker. Like, Jawbreaker, again, I'm, just, I'm, I'm Rebecca Gayhart biased. Also, Rose McGowan is in it. That yep. gets 7%. That's one. It's about clearly the, a miss because. The, like Aid Trinity. The what? Blade Trinity, twenty eight percent. Sorry, stepped on your funk. Oh, Blade Trinity. No, Blade Tr- no, no. Hold. On. I was just gonna say about Jawbreaker is like, yeah. he- people really love Heather's and they really love Mean Girls, and Jawbreaker came out in between, and apparently for so many people just missed because it's this it's the same formula, but it's just a it's like a little bit darker, and I guess people didn't like the comedy or or some of the other stuff to it. But I, I thought it w- wasn't bad. But yeah, Blade Trinity is an interesting one. Correct me if I'm wrong with Jawbreaker, but the other thing that tipped me off too was weren't the girls in that movie like way too old to be playing high school students? Probably, but that's everywhere, isn't that's it? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Blade Trinity, which I didn't, I like that movie. Twenty eight percent. I that's in my personal. I think all these movies I named, I probably own. Uh, the Blade yeah. Trinity, that's right up there for like most overlooked comic book movie i would also throw out constantine i think constantine got dumped on immediately and nobody liked it but i don't think it was that bad like i, I think it was actually a a decent a decent comic book movie and it never ever gets mentioned as as a good one no it doesn't and that was one that i think there was it was more missed than hit but it's not a bad movie like i like yeah. i'll watch that movie i'll watch it right you want to watch it i'll watch it right I'll, now I'll, let's, let's watch it right now i do you have any? Do you have any others? I got a couple of tweets here from other people that knew we were doing this topic. Uh, there's only one movie that I want to mention that just barely doesn't qualify, but I'm surprised it's as low as it is. Is Mallrats got a 55 percent? Oh come on, that's insane. Yeah, I mean that. I'm Joey Lauren Adams, who we know is our personal angel to this podcast, friend like, of the show. It? Yep, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Joey Lauren Adams. Yep. We tweeted out we were going to be doing this episode. We got a few tweets back. Uh, Jay says the only answer is Cuffs, starring Christian <laughs> Slater. <laughs> and when you mentioned when he, I saw that email, the only thing I remember that movie where it's like the slow motion bullet. And it was actually a really cool scene. He gets like shot in the hip, but it goes through a chair, and it's like super slow mo. Like I, that's the only thing I remember from that movie, and being like that was a pretty cool shot. Yeah, good. that's not bad. 
Uh, Matt yeah. tweeted us at Dork Podcast. He said, Last Witch Hunter, Tron Legacy, Mortal Kombat, and Death Race. So we, we definitely agree with them on Mortal Kombat. Thing I would say, Mortal Kombat we got. Tron Legacy was okay. I thought I love Olivia Wilde in anything, so that movie is immediately watchable just because she's in it. Um, and the soundtrack is fucking lights out. Yeah. And our buddy Wes said Masterminds, which I actually watched recently, and it, it is pretty good. Masterminds. It is, is pretty good. It's pretty good. I would say the first half hour of that movie is great, and then it just kind of that's, drags a little bit. That's definitely true. All right, then we got yeah. an uh, email of the episode. You can email us dorkpodcast at gmail.com. He says, Keith, Davey, or whoever might find themselves reading this email, being a longtime listener of the podcast, I feel it is a moral in- imperative that the fellow listeners lead an uprising against the Chuck Teats of the world, as some have already. I have tried to combat the erroneous two-star rating by giving the podcast a five-star rating myself. So far, it's been unsuccessful as iTunes won't let me comment right through my phone. In case it continues to not work, here's what the comment is. And we begin. There are only a handful of things in life that deserve a five-star rating. What do Apple Pie, Chris Sales Slider, and Hashtag Dork Podcast have in common? They all are the best in their respective fields. Only a coward, Chuck Teats, would say otherwise. This podcast has turned out over 100 episodes of exceptional, gratifying content. It's about time it gets the respect it deserves. Keith and Davey bring it every episode. Some might say they're like Batman and Robin, but Robin ain't got shit on Davey. The Keith Davey. That's probably. Time out, time out. That is probably the best compliment I've ever been paid in my life, yeah. by the way. Yeah, you're better well, than thank Robin. Thank you for that. That is pretty good. He says the Keith Davey duo is like Iron Man and Captain America, Pippin and Jordan, or even Roy Halliday and Cliff Lee. They're a, combination of, they're a combination of alpha dogs that come together each week to bring the fans a tremendous podcast. Bottom line is that if you don't like this podcast or leave it anything but a five-star review, then you should reevaluate your priorities in life. Boom. And by the way, uh, after he wrote that, that was from uh, Chris. Thank you, Chris. The uh, Chuck Teats, as we mentioned before, that is already he's already removed his, his, his uh, review. That's gone. That's gone. Now. Yeah. Um, all right. I hey. like it. Yeah, go ahead. He used the word uh, later on in the email. He uses the word douche kebab, which I've never heard that before. But I'm going to start using it regularly. Oh yeah, he referred so, to Chuck so Teats. Yeah, he referred to Chuck Teats as a douche kebab. Are you ready for the pick of the podcast, Ryan? Let's do it. Pick of the podcast. Pick of the podcast. Pick of the podcast. Kick receive, defend a goal, defer. I will receive this week, and what I will do, I will give you two picks of the podcast, and then a just a, a heads up. So um, it's two movies. If you like this, this type of thing, if you guys like bad movies um, and uh, watching a, a good bad movie, if that makes any sense, a bad movie, a, a movie so bad that it's good. Okay. There's two movies that I can point you towards that are documentaries. Um, one of them is called Doomed. Um, I believe it's on Hulu right now. Okay. Um, it is the untold story of Roger Corman's family. Fantastic Four. So the original Fantastic Four movie that actually got made, but then shelved. Like it was so bad that they made it and then shelved it. So that's so that sounds good. And actually, a really yeah, it's it's really good if you if you want to see how that happened and how you could get Stan Lee, who seemed like the most affable guy in the world, just basically like I want nothing to do with this. Wow. Yeah. No. That that sounds interesting. Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. The other one, Richard, built Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) <laughs> um, it is the the wild untold story of Canon Films, and uh, Canon Films was this um, very minor movie house that in, in the eighties 
artists who were responsible for like any Jean-Claude Van Damme movie you can think of. The break-in movies, obviously. Delta Force, uh, Over the Top, like basically any cheesy 80s movie. They did Superman 4, Quest for Peace, which was just like a shitty movie. Yeah. Right? It's basically any bad movie from the 80s you can think of, this studio produced it. Oh, Um, And it's the story of that, the rise and fall of that studio. So check that out. Um, And just as a heads up, I just found out as of today, Rogue One is on Netflix. So if you haven't seen Rogue Hasn't One it been, yet, it just came out today. I thought it's been out for a little bit. On Netflix? Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so watch, check watch out Rogue One. One. All right, very good. I my two picks of the podcast are the Defiant Ones. We we talked about it a little bit on the YouTube episode yeah. yesterday, but the Defiant Ones, a four part documentary on HBO right now. Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, who is a a producer and those two guys are, you know, they're the money behind Beats by Dre now. They, they did that. But the Jimmy Iovine character, insane all the people he worked with. Like, you watch it, you're just, it's like laugh out loud. Like, oh, my God, he, he knows this guy. He knows this girl. Like, he knows this band. It's just it's literally everybody. And they do a great job showing all the music. There's a really good one. It's either in part three or part four where those guys, you know, kind of Dre discovers Eminem and sort of their first uh, interactions with Eminem. So that was really yeah. cool. And then I also I saw Baby Driver. And Baby Driver was very good. It was very cool. Uh, like, the music and everything is really good. It's a cool story. It's an Edgar Wright movie, so you know it's going to be pretty good. It's definitely, when we do the year in review, it's going to be on that short list for best movie of the year. I would say I still like Logan more. I think Logan was a better movie. But this is right up there with, with Spider-Man. Like, this was this was really, it's better than Guardians 2, I think. I think it's better than Wonder Woman. So it. I liked it, so check out Baby Driver if you're looking for a, for a movie to see. Next right next week on Hashtag Dork, Davey, we're going to look at what came out this coming weekend. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, the big Comic-Con. Davey and I are not going, but we have done this the last couple of years. We have sort of covered all the news and notes, and those are some usually pretty uh, dense episodes. There's like, going to be a lot to get to next week. Yeah, I'm going to have my eyes glued to YouTube all next week, just making sure I get as much of it as I can. Um, because it's going to look, it, it looks outrageous already. So, and we're going to try to do our best. We're, if, we're looking forward to that. If you follow along at Dork Podcast, uh, we'll do the best we can to tweet out as many trailers and news and notes that come out from the weekend. We're definitely going to miss stuff because there's so much, but all the main things we should have on our, are on our Twitter page, which once again is at Dork Podcast. You can email us at uh, dorkpodcast at gmail.com. We are on YouTube as well, we are on Snapchat. Of course, iTunes is uh, is one of the best places you can get a hold of us. You can leave a, a rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you'll know when it comes out. It typically comes out Tuesday night, so you can listen to it on your way into work on Wednesday. But every once in a while, we have to uh, adjust that. So if you subscribe, it's the easiest way to do it. You can buy a T-shirt. Go to represent.com, search dork, and you will see that. Uh, anything else, Ryan? Where can the people follow you? We, we were twitching last night. We were twitching last night. We got some good comments. We got some good discussions going. Um, so that, that was actually really fun. Uh, the people can find me on any social media, uh, at R-V-O-N-D, at R-V-O-N-D. Um, and also, let me know, uh, particularly me, maybe not Rich because he might not like it, but uh, how's the new setup sound? If you like the new setup that we did this week, let us know, uh, or we can just go back to the old way and you know see what shakes out. Yeah, we tried something new this week. I'm on the fence. Just from earlier, I uh, we'll see what it sounds like listening back to it. There's a little bit of feedback. I don't know. I don't know what the best way to do it is. We'll get your ass down here someday. That's what, that's what we'll do. Yeah, that's that's the easiest way to do it. 
But uh, all right, fuck Chuck Teats, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Welcome.